Hey guys, this is Matt with the Great Romance Podcast, Season 5, Episode 2. This is going to be a cool interview because I saw this guy play a couple weeks ago, I think. And I do have to shout out um, one of my youth workers and friends from my church, Katie Bromley. Saw you standing at the back. I think she came up and talked to you as well. And she's like, you should have him on your podcast. So, Katie. This is your, this is your shout out. It happened, guys. This is artist Henry. How are you, dude? Dude, doing well, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. We were just talking about Texas and uh, where you're at, and um, and Torchy's Mexican food. So, <laughs> absolutely. Um. So, dude, I th- I, th- I think food. I was gonna say I think food is just better here. I mean, I'm sorry, but no, uh, no, um, I. I think I agree with you. And the thing that is noticeable to me, you confirm this or deny it, it's fresher. It is. It is. Okay. So like we were this is totally off this is totally off the beaten path here. But that's right. This last weekend, um this last weekend we were out with uh Colton Dixon. Uh, okay. they had come to da- or come to the Dallas area to play a show and so we were kind of taking them around and everyone um was like we we were going to Whataburger, which is like All right. um Jesus's favorite restaurant, but um, <laughs> but yeah. So we were going there, and then the guy saw uh, we passed the In and Out Burger, which is a California thing. But yes. they've 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 made its way to Texas. I don't know how we let them in, but um, <laughs> or why we did. But everyone went crazy over it, and uh, it was just it was really sad. It was really sad to see. It was almost like seeing a believer. Um, no, I'm kidding. It's not that serious, but, uh, <laughs> so wait a minute, dude. But yes. I, no, what a burger is. I, I have to, you, you've opened up a topic. So, um, and I think we're on the same page based on your reaction. <laughs> so in and out West coast, California, you know, I heard it talked about all the time. And then I was out there doing some stuff for this company I was working for at the time. And we went to In-N-Out, and so I was like, okay, cool. Like, kind of tastes like Steak and Shake to me. Yeah. And um, then some other artists were there, and they go, we got to do Shake Shack. So we go to Shake Shack, and I think it's 10 times better than In-N-Out. Yeah. And and to some of them, that was heresy. So you're a Whataburger guy. Absolutely. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, All right. Yeah. I just think it's, uh, you know, it's one of those few things that are that's here on earth that will be in heaven. I believe. Um, so like, wait, yeah. I got to ask, I didn't even know we'd go this way, but it's cool. So what a burger and Chick-fil-A. I know they're, I know they're not the same food, but you know, if, if you feel that way about what a burger, Chick-fil-A is God's chicken. So yeah. which one takes the hierarchy yeah, so this, or is it like they're too different? You're getting into, you're going to get me in trouble. <laughs> yeah. You're going to get me in trouble. Um, I think, uh, I think, Chick, so I think Chick-fil-A is the, um, you ever watch those, like um, those, those, what they call it? The preachers that they are just, just there to get like people's money. Oh, oh yeah. What, what are they called? We won't say names. We won't right. say names, but right. I know what you mean. Yeah. That's what Chick-fil-A is. All right. All right. Yeah, All right. yeah. See, Whataburger is like the um, 
I mean, just think of any like really good theologian, right? And, and that's and what a burger. That's what a burger. Yeah, Chick Fil A is like the like that, you know, um, sheep and sheep and wolves clothing. I, I got to tell you, dude, you're to, like I I thought you were a nice guy and I liked your music, but you're winning me over more because you're saying <laughs> you're saying things that I feel, but when I say Chick Fil A is not like the bomb you know you the looks that you get and and i said somebody was like well why don't you love it i said i don't have a problem with it i just don't think it's yeah. as amazing as everybody else did and i right. think it's because when i started doing christian music which was like 20 years ago chick-fil-a was new and so every gig we played was catered yeah. by chick-fil-a every right. gig and i think i just yeah. got too much of it and i was like yeah ah, it's, it's chicken like that it's makes fine sense. so well, I, I can confirm because I was I was a manager. Yeah, I was a manager at a Chick Fil A years ago. Oh, um, so I can yeah I can confirm it is. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. I didn't know this is where this would go, but I actually yeah, really we can we can we can, uh, we can pivot back to where we were going. I really like this conversation. So uh, send your letters to Henry. Uh, your no. Um, so we saw you, I took my youth group, you guys were, you were on tour uh, back here in Illinois in Collinsville yeah. um, with some other friends of ours after Grace. Um, yeah. And uh, they're actually playing at the camp that we go to. So they're coming back to that. And a friend oh, cool. of ours was putting on the show. And so just, we, I, I hadn't heard of you yet. And so I really loved, well, I liked your music, but I loved your testimony. And so uh, one of the things that you talked about was having a stuttering problem or a speech impediment yeah. Yeah. and how your mom said she like she prayed for you and like god healed you yeah and you and you can start way at the beginning dude but like can you just walk yeah. us through that because that's amazing to me yeah for sure so um yeah so i was born with a speech impediment um so and i, I say from stage um like you heard that i didn't speak until i was 10 um, and what I mean by that is I, I could speak audibly. I wasn't mute. Right. Um, but, um, I would say probably like even like three or four years old, um, I knew people didn't understand me. Um, um so I decided to be quiet because it was just as awkward for me as it was right. the person trying to figure out what in the world is this kid saying? Right. Um, so, so I stayed silent and, um, the only person I talked to was my mom it seemed like she was the only person that knew what I needed. Um, mm -hmm. You know, even if she really couldn't understand what I was saying, she yeah. understood what I was saying. And um, so, yeah, so I guess nine years old um, was when uh, I remember like very vivid, like it was yesterday, walking into um, the living room in my SpongeBob uh Underwear. I don't. I don't share that too much. That's, that's just just here. But um, oh, I like it. These I are deep dives here, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember walking in and, and seeing my mom um, on the floor using our couch as an altar and um, praying like out loud, out mm. like you know, and crying and, and just saying like, God, we please heal him. We feel um, uh, the speech impediment. Will you restore his speech? Will you stop the bullying? Will you? you know, help him have a normal childhood. And, um, and, uh, I, I, I don't, I haven't, I don't share this from stage, but I remember, uh, like going up to her and just like hugging mom and being like, mom, it's okay. You know, like, um, cause man, I, I just, 
uh, it almost felt, even though she was like, she was a mother just desperate to mm-hmm. for her son to be killed. Um, for me to see my mom like upset, right. um, I felt almost like a burden, right? Mm-hmm. But she didn't mean to do that. Like, no. um, but you know, I was just like, oh man, like, um, so kind of, uh, added to some of the, you know, insecurities and things that I was already feeling, um, mm-hmm. which you shouldn't have, but you know, you're nine years old, uh, Absolutely, <laughs> you see your mom dude. crying. It's like, oh, yeah. um, and so. Uh, a few months after that, though, um, yeah, my speech was restored, and I could speak, and um, my the sentences that were coming out of my my mouth were the same ones that I I was hearing in my head, um, Dang, you know, um, and uh, and uh, yeah, it was it was a, it was a crazy time in my family's life uh, because um, it was just like a miracle. Right. like in a real life miracle it was the happy ending to the story um mm. but we would, i would actually uh go on to experience a ton of insecurities a ton of um just uh doubting my self-worth um and uh throughout my, my entire teenage years and, and really until i was like 24 years old um and the song fear be quiet uh actually came from a place of like a lot of people think it's about like the 10 years of not speaking, but actually mm. about the 14 years after my speech was restored. Um, mm. Cause that's when fear really started to sink into my life and, and take over. Um, because even though I could speak, I remember 14, 15, 16 years old, even though I could speak, I, I still didn't sometimes because I was afraid, well, what happens if I slip up, um, mm. you know, and it starts this whole thing back over again. Right. Right. And, and um so uh so yeah so there was times where i didn't speak i remember being bro i remember being 16 years old in a um a texas roadhouse and like telling my mom what i wanted like to order Dude. so that she could tell the waitress because i was just like too afraid to speak up yeah. um you know which that might be normal for an eight or nine year old but like 16 years old like right. that, i knew that was something that was like that's not normal <laughs> you know right right um right. so uh, but yeah, I, uh, um, I guess 24 years old, um, was when I finally, I, we were, I'd been married for a year and, uh, that was when I really started to make the decision that I wanted to step into doing music. Um, after I had been invited, I had gotten invited on to, to be on our worship team and, uh, at our local church and fell in love with that. That was the first time I've ever been on a stage like that consistently in front of people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when I was little, we went to a little Pentecostal church and uh, like tiny mm-hmm. Pentecostal church. I think it was like 30 people and half of them was like the pastor's family. And the other right. half was our family. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I and I would uh, I would sing like they would do like specials, which I know that's not really a oh. thing, I guess, today. Oh, but but, uh, but I get it. Bro. There's a place called Mardell's. Yeah, the place called Mardell's. And they, they would have these like um, backing tracks to like every song that you would here on Christian radio. Uh-huh. And uh, so I would take those, you know, so I'd be singing like City on Our Knees, Toby Mac, and like <laughs> uh, Mark Schultz, if you knew who that is. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I know Mark all Schultz. That, all that stuff. Yeah, FFH. And um, yeah, so I would, I would, that's what I would do, you know, when I was like very young uh, in church. And um, But 
24 years old. I'm at this like pretty large church, like non-denominational church. Like they have a production team and like we mm-hmm. have like call time for Sunday morning, you know, like for the, <laughs> for the staff or whatever. And um, so, yeah, so this was, that was my first time like being in that like world. Right. And uh, that really, I feel like that really like brought out a confidence in me that I didn't know mm-hmm. that, I had, that I didn't know I had. Um, and, um, yeah, so that's what, that's what started me singing really okay, like, and pursuing the Henry thing. And, um, and, uh, eventually it led me to one relationship, another, you know, I mean, I'm sure you know how it works. Um, one relationship opens one door, the next one yeah. opens the next. And, mm-hmm. um, I found myself in, um, a room with this dude named Jess Cates, um, who's an incredible songwriter and I'm a credit nerd. So like. If I hear a good song, I go straight to the credits and see who oh, yeah. wrote it, who produced it. And All so right. I knew, I knew this guy, Jess, was like, like he had written so much, like so many songs for, um, like in the Christian world for Bethel and for uh, Hillsong. And um, mm. he's written a ton of songs for um, Jeremy Camp. And like, he was like, you know, he was that guy, right? And right. so like, I'm mm. already like being really new. This is like my third writing session, like ever. So you're um, geeking out a little bit. Oh, absolutely. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, like this is crazy. <laughs> and uh, um, and I, at that time, I still hadn't found my like my voice as an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hadn't, um, I didn't even really look at myself as a songwriter at that point, mm-hmm. right? Because I was I'm so new. Um, I don't play anything. Uh, mm-hmm. So all my like songwriting is just me recording voice memos of, of melodies and, and lyrics. Um, and so uh, I'm already coming in like excited but also like oh my god like this guy's gonna think i'm just you oh, know yeah. whatever yeah. um yeah. you know and so uh because i i did not i i mean the first the first year of doing music like that i felt like i didn't d- belong in the rooms that i were i was in uh, right. like you know like how do i like what am i even doing here right. uh, with these people and um, but anyways, and I, I, do, I walk into and the room. And I do, dude. Uh, I do think that's yeah. important for just people to understand because I, I, I don't think a lot of people get it unless they've done it. When when you're starting yeah. and pursuing a career and yeah. you get into rooms with people who have just accomplished more than you. That's all. And, yeah. and, and to remember that they're just people like you and I who just have had opportunities right. we haven't had. But when you're talking yep. about those insecurities, dude, I'm... I'm like having a little bit of flashback trauma of, of going into rooms where guys were just way more successful than me. And they're like, yeah, Hey, let's work together. And then the doubt, because I know that's what I think it's, it's kind of interesting that, you know, that's where your testimony even comes from is like having self doubt about yourself and your speech. And then now you're in this thing where you've taken this huge step. Yeah to pursue music where it wasn't that long ago, you're, you're having your mom order for you. And now you're, which is awesome to me because it's how God can do things, which is for great. <laughs> but then you're in this thing where like, okay, yeah. so I just took the step where I, I'm singing in front of people. Now you want me to sit down with people who are more accomplished that, that some of them. And I've had the same thing where you're like, I, I'm kind of like a huge fan of this person. I don't belong here. What if yeah. I write a line that's stupid? What if they're like, you know, they go back to the yeah, people who yeah, connected exactly. and they go, what'd you do, man? Yeah. Why'd you hook me up? So I, anyway, as you're talking about that, I just think that's important for people to know that just because you even get to that point where you're on stage, 
it doesn't mean that you still don't have insecurities or even still like you can have success and be like, yeah, but I know who I am. I mean, like I, I get when you like, and I don't even play an instrument. You know what I mean? Like those are the things that other humans have self doubt, but like, just, I just made it sound like we're not human. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that, that creeps in. And so like, how did yeah. you, how did you deal with that when you started to have some of those things where, where to get the confidence to be like, no man, like I, I deserve to be here just like anybody else deserves to be here. Cause God said so. Yeah. I mean, we're really just doing it um, yeah. over and over again. Right. Like, so like with Jess, you know, I, that Jen, uh, not only did I write here, be quiet in, in that session, but um, that session really set up what, um, what this was, this whole thing was going to be. Right. Cause at that time I didn't know what, what Henry was like right. stylistically. Um, but more importantly, um, I didn't know what it was um, like message wise, like what was my purpose gotcha. as an artist? Um, you know, cause I didn't want to be just an artist that just sings songs that sounded on the radio. Um, right. I wanted to be a, an artist that actually had 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 substance, had something like like you knew when you were going to that show, you were going to hear something that um, could really like pierce the heart, right. Um, right. you know. Um, so and I was like, I don't I guess I don't have that. And I never saw my um, my speech impediment in that whole season in my life as a testimony. Um, really? I just kind of, yeah, no, no, I, wow. I buried that. Like, and because in the church I went to, the testimonies that I had heard were like these crazy, like, you know, I was addicted to this for years and, mm. and God, you know, brought me out of it. Mm. Um, you know, where I was, um, you know, it was just these really hardcore, like testimonies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I grew up on Stephen Curtis Chapman and, and veggie tales. So like <laughs> that's, that wasn't my story, you know, um, right. not to say that. I, was, I mean, I had obviously had a, um, you know, uh, a wild time during my teenage years as mm. far as just being, uh, you know, a butthole uh, to my siblings. <laughs> right. But, right. Uh, <laughs> right. you know, right. And being a kid and, but, and just life. But I mean, as far as like, you know, drugs or anything like that, that was just or alcohol. Mm. That, that was just something that wasn't my story. Right. Uh, and um, so, yeah, so I didn't think, I didn't think I had a testimony. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of feel you um, on that. I like, but, I, grew, uh, I grew up in the church yeah, it, really young. And when you were talking about the backing tracks, like exact same thing, that's yeah. what I sang with. So I've, I very much relate to it. And I remember hearing other people's testimony and kind of feeling like, I don't know, not that I didn't matter, but I yeah. was like, well, God, God didn't save me from this bad situation or have to restore me because I didn't do those things. And I was like, well, nobody wants to hear from the kid who got saved when he was five and grew up in church. And, and I think that then right. as I got older, I, I one time heard a lady sing a song and it, and it literally was that testimony. And it was, uh, the line was, but you saved me from a lifetime of what I might've been. And I remember like that hit, hard of saying like yeah but but you didn't have to go through that stuff and everybody yeah. doesn't have to not that it's bad that they do but like you have a testimony to others to be like hey maybe maybe don't pursue those things and focus on christ and think about this life that you can live so just as you're saying things i'm like mm -hmm, that's what, when you said small church like 30 something people 
same way I grew up. We had a, does anybody have a special in the service tonight? Same, same thing. And then, you know, brother so-and-so, do you want to play piano for, well, haven't played in a while. I don't, well, I'll get on up there. And that's the, that's the churches I grew up in, dude. So I, I, I get you not to derail yeah. us, but I, I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah, no, no, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that session with, with Jess was, was really, I think paramount for, for my music career mm-hmm. and just really just setting up what, um, what, what my, what we call artist voice, um, was going to be, what, what my message was going to be. And, mm-hmm. um, I, I told him, I was like, Hey man, like, um, you know, my name's John Henry. Uh, and he's like, all right, dude, Jess Cates, nice to meet you. What are we going to write about today? And I was like, man, I, I really don't have, I really don't have much. And uh, he's like, okay, well, what's your story? Like, you know, what's your, what's your testimony? And I was like, man, I don't have, you know, I don't really have a testimony. <laughs> uh, and he's like, come on, man. He goes, you, you've had to gone through something in life. And, um, and I was like, well, uh, I mean, I had, you know, and I had it like really deep, like big deep. And I was like, I had, I had a speech impediment when I was like, like I was like 10 years old and didn't speak. And, and then God healed me. And then like, I'm making name and all those things. And he's just like, dude, <laughs> stop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, funny. he's like, that's the song. Like that's what we're going to write about. And yeah. so, um, yeah. So we, we talked about like, we're going to write this song to tell the enemy to shut up. And that's what we kept on. So we kept on saying over and over again, like over this eight hour writing session. And um, we finally landed on like fear, be quiet. And mm-hmm. um that that song was really the it's like the, the foundation of what um really every other song that i wrote after that um, yeah. um just telling like the songs that were uh, that were i want every song that i write to be um something something that I either i'm going through or went through or right. maybe about to go through yeah yeah <laughs> you know like yeah. um i just want them i want them to come from real places um and um and before that session i didn't know that that i I was just writing songs like right you know about that i thought were that that i thought people wanted to hear like yeah um um, so i'd listen to christian radio and like oh okay i need to write that song you know um and and then yeah after after fear be quiet it was just like okay now this is this feels right because at the end of the day um I, I know for me, I, the songs that I connect with are songs that I can that make me feel a certain way. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and uh, and Christian music and, and just music in general were, were the things that pulled me out of the dark season here in mm-hmm. my teenage years. Um, well, and you uh, just I mean, said were, something about w- w- the songs coming out of like real situations, and just for me, and you can and you can speak into this. For me, that's the best songs I've written have come out of stories and real life. And um, there's something, I don't know, man, there's something just like, I think people notice. Well, kind of like you said, like you can hear another song and be like, oh, I need a song that's like, this is Amazing Grace because people sing a lot of songs about grace. But when it's a song about how you've experienced God's Amazing Grace and you relate it to that, I think there's something that people connect. Well, I mean, honestly, that's, for me and for the kids that were with me, that's why we connected to you was because of yeah. the story and the relatableness of having insecurity and telling fear to be quiet. 
So I do think there's something to yeah. that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that, um, so I don't know if, have you heard of a band called 10th Avenue North? So the person that kind of helped us get connected in Nashville uh, is Rusty Varenkamp, who okay. helped yeah. discover 10th Avenue North. Yep. Yeah, and so that's one of the first people, like most of my, a lot of my songs I co-wrote with Rusty. And the thing that was always funny about 10th Avenue North was we were very, our band was very similar um, okay. in the way that just our sound and maybe some of that was influenced by Rusty because we did a lot with him in the beginning. Right. And so like, yeah, we're big, big fans, but also we'd always look at him and be like, that's the successful version of us. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Mike Donahue, uh, their lead singer, uh, or, yeah. or yes, past lead singer. Right. Um, uh, said once, I, I thought it was really, really, really interesting. Um, he said that songs are like, are like lifeboats. Um, so every song is a, is a lifeboat. Mm. Um, and, uh, that really, that really, I don't know, stuck with me when he said that because for me, um, a lot of these songs are lifeboats for myself. First. Mm. Um, so like it's it's songs that I needed to hear. Like even Fear Be Quiet, man. Like I wrote that 2020, um, and it's still a song today that that helps me get through um, seasons that yeah. that are tough. You know, I mean, yeah. Um, and I think it's funny how God does that. Like. There'll be some, there's some that are, I wrote even like around the same time that I totally forgot about just sitting on the computer and, mm. and then I'll, I'll listen to it and be like just weeping. So I'm like, Oh my right. God, this is what I need right now. You know? Right. right. Well, and, <laughs> um, and even as you say that, dude, it's, it's funny to me. Do you experience where, so you know what, where the song came from for you yeah, and, and other songs that you have written? And have you ever had somebody come up to you and they're like, hey, man, that song really spoke to me. And they start telling you the stuff yep. and and internally you're going. So that's not at all what I was thinking or writing when that yep. happened. And you're blown away by how yeah. God takes it. Does that happen? That blows my mind. Oh, yes. So actually, actually, um, crazy you asked that. So we were in Seattle um, the week after we were in Illinois. Okay. And um, we played this big festival with Riley Clemens and Mosaic MSC. And right. um, so I, I played, this is probably, it was, I don't know if it was the biggest crowd we've played in front of, but it's definitely the biggest like venue. Like it was an arena. Right. Like I think it's where the wow. Supersonics used to play. Um, All right. And so, yeah, so we're playing here and, uh, you know, the guys, so typically I, I know with you, the event that you went to, it was just me and backing tracks. Right. Um, but right. typically I have a band, like a full band out with me. I was going to ask that. Um, okay. Right. Yeah. I, I couldn't, fit. they only gave me one, stars go dim only gave me one bunk. So, and I wasn't about to share with all these guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but, um, no, but, uh, hmm? so we're playing this, we're playing this event and I, I'm, I've always been the kind of person that, um, and, and I hope, I mean, I plan on staying this way forever, no matter how, hmm. where this Henry thing goes. Um, but I like being at the merch table. I like meeting people. Nice. Um, I mean, that's I, that's my heart, and I feel like that's what that's the most important part about what I do um, yeah. is connecting with people. Right. Um, and so, uh, so I get done with my set. I go uh, 
get a bite to eat, and then I, I head straight to, to the merch table. And um, so I'm, I'm hanging out there with the volunteers and um, one person after another person after another person, after another, like 30 people um, uh, by the end of the night are coming up to me and sharing that story with me. Mm-hmm. They're, I, I call it their fear be quiet story. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, one lady was uh, 30, 36 years old, I think. And mm-hmm. she had never drove, but she never got a license. 36 wow. years. Yeah. 36 years mm-hmm. old and um she was she was like very um uh, like so scared to get behind the wheel because of yeah. some accident that she was in um like in her teenage years mm-hmm. uh, so like had built up this trauma in her head to where she was just like she just couldn't she couldn't get her even though she knew she needed to do it she right. couldn't get herself behind the wheel and uh, she said that she listened to that song like all the way to the dmv Oh and uh, like it's what got her um, to to drive, and she said she even listened to it like the first like week or so, like after she got her license and was um, and was driving. And I was like, what in the world? Right, <laughs> you know. But yeah, like that's so cool. Like, and then um, I had one 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 guy who uh, was I think he had worked for a. Um, um, like a, I think it was like PepsiCo or like some kind of like oh, okay. company like that. All um, right. And he was he was wanting to uh, switch um, professions and go into um, like real estate or something. And but he was really he was really afraid because he had been with this company for like I think he said like twenty something like like a long time. Yeah. And uh, he was just really fearful, even though he felt like in his heart that it was the right move. Um, he was yeah, but uh, and he said it was that song. That he said he heard it. He said he wasn't. He didn't know who I was, um, but the song was on a playlist that he listens to, <laughs> and um, they came on. And he said when it said the chorus said "Fear be quiet," uh, he just had this like, like you know, this ump of like yeah courage that I was gonna go like I'm I'm doing this yeah dude. Um, and he did and he said he's yeah. been doing real estate for like like six or seven months and already made yeah. all these like sells or whatever and i was like holy like holy crap <laughs> so well, awesome and, you know and dude you just you just said something i that to me is huge so when you said like you know whatever happens with this is what happens with it but one of my goals is to go to my merch table and be able to talk to people and connect with people because that's why yeah. i do this and again it's no shade on any of the artists i know that things happen and you get so big where no. it's tough i like i understand it but like maybe maybe talk a little bit about how you know i think a lot of us get even get into this at the beginning with the best of intentions and our goal is ministry yeah and then life happens yeah things start to happen and all of a sudden we're sidetracked a little bit and then it becomes well, I got to get a song on the radio because if I don't get a song on the radio, I don't play more shows. I got to play more shows because I got to make more money and I got to get bigger and I got to get this thing. Like for you, which I love to hear, I think you have a great head on your shoulders, which is awesome. But like, are there things that, or people in your life that help keep you in check so that you can stay focused on that goal, which is spreading the message of Jesus Christ and helping people deal with situations in their life, which I think is where that song what are the things that you do to kind of keep you on that path of being like, no, yeah. no, this is what it's about. Yeah. So for us, so for myself and the team, like the way that I selected the, the guys that I take out 
on the road with me mm-hmm. is that, you know, and, and you probably are very aware of kind of the, the, uh, I guess, structure of how this, this industry works as mm-hmm. far as like whenever, you know, you get booked to go somewhere, um, a lot of artists will have a writer, which is basically yep. like the, the wants and needs of, of, you know, that, that engagement. Um, for us, um, you know, and, and, and with that, it's, it's almost like it's a, like the, the church or promoters is paying us to come to their event, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also this, like expectation that they are also supposed to serve us. And it's like this one-way street kind yeah. of thing. Um, and for us, it's always been, and, and I made sure that was front and center from the beginning was that when we go somewhere, um, we're there to serve the people that, that we're, that, that are bringing us in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, I want everyone on my team to have a servant, um, a servant heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, um, and so that's, that's, I think that's really what's kept us, um, uh, I guess dialed in, in in that aspect um, because man, it's like I don't know relationships. That's that's what it's all about, and, right. and not relationships for. This, I, I talk about this with other people in Nashville, and it's like, oh yeah, networking. I'm like, no, this isn't networking. This is just <laughs> like real relationships. Like networking is a relationship to get something, right? right. No, right. like this is this is a relationship because this is kingdom building. A little bit different. Mm. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know? Well, and dude, even even so, think about the fact that you would agree to do a podcast by a guy you don't know. Um, you know, there are some people that would the first question they would ask me is, Well, how many listeners do you have? You know, well, how where's this going out yeah, yeah. at? And yeah. and I and don't get me wrong, I do understand yeah. and, and I know and I know you know this. There is a business side. Absolutely. But yeah. I feel that if you focus on the relationship side, which is what Christ talks about so much. And I mean, even think about like the relationship he had with his disciples. I think that God will bless what you do because it's honoring him. So I think if you have an attitude of, I'm going to bring guys on my team that want to serve and I'm not going to bring prima donnas and I'm not going to bring people that are like, you know, where we're rock stars and I'm just going to bring people that like, man, I love Jesus. I love music. I love you and what you're doing. And I'm on board with that vision. I feel that God will honor your ministry because you stay focused on the important thing, which is spreading Jesus Christ. So just to hear you say that is refreshing and awesome because that is what it's about. Yeah. So, I mean, just, uh, just to add, just to add on to that, um, perfect example is so we played in Seattle um, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. We're playing in Seattle in three weeks because they're bringing us back, right? And they're bringing us back is because they fell in love with the people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like the mm-hmm. music's cool. Was walking past the catering, back to catering. And my guitarist is like sharing a testimony with one of the, the volunteers and they're having this conversation. Oh, good, and then dude. I get into catering and my keyboard player is like having this, um, like, you know, deep conversation with, you know, the, the dude who's doing the catering. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, and I'm just like observing all this. And I'm like, you know, these are the, like, this is, this is what it's about, you know, as I, you know, walk away with my cookie and my, my diet Coke, but like <laughs> it's, it's like 
that's that's just what it's about and like yeah. so um yeah i do believe god honors that um yeah. and I'm, I'm seeing it like yeah you know with them bringing us back it was it was um it was just this being unreal and being like, mm-hmm. like we're, we're here to, to build the kingdom we're here to, to see lives change and yeah. you know yes there's a business side to it yes it you know we have to take care of we have families i have a, mm-hmm. a wife and a daughter that i leave at home whenever i go out on the road mm-hmm. um but i think there's a difference between taking care of um uh you know of those expenses and and, and being paid for those things versus like getting rich off of the gospel um which that's a totally i know we can that's a long <laughs> we, conversation i could have that, that, um, yeah that but, would be um, a long a long conversation <laughs> that we don't have to have here right right <laughs> <laughs> right. No, but, but dude, I, I, but, um, you know, I, just to encourage you too, like, you know, like now I'm going to sound like your dad or something, but just that attitude is so huge and so important. And, and I would always tell people like, you know, we, when we, when we played the most, we probably did like a hundred dates to 120 dates and we weren't on a label and we, we were just doing it on our own. And people would yeah. be like, they'd ask questions cause they're, pursuing the same thing and they're like how y'all play so much and i would say well honestly the music is probably a, a small part of it and the biggest thing is we're not jerks i think we're pretty easy to work with yeah and um that's more important than the, like it, you know do your craft and do it well if we sucked and you're constantly hitting wrong notes and not doing anything they're not going to have you back but most of our rebooks yeah, yeah. were because they're like oh yeah i like these dudes um and they're pretty chill yeah. and i'll tell you yeah. it i i'm it took me a long time to understand that cuz i think in the beginning days i just had visions of being a rock star and uh there were things that i would get upset yeah. about like if you went to a smaller church and they were like could you turn it down a little bit and not play with live drums? And there was an attitude for me, you know, that would be like, we're, well, we're a rock band. You know what you booked when you, <laughs> and, and God was like, Hey bro, like you're there for them. So if you can meet their need by right. playing a cajon, is it that big of a deal? And it took me years, years to understand that. And so like, you're, you're already ahead of the game, dude. Like you, you focus on that and things. And, and uh, it's just, Again, I've used the word twice, but it is refreshing to hear because that's not everybody. Everybody doesn't have that mindset, sadly. Um, that's all I'll say about that, I think. Right, yeah. And I think, just to add on to what, you're, what you were saying, is that I think, um, you know, if you did your own booking, mm-hmm. uh, I'm assuming, right? Uh, yeah. When you were doing that. Yep. Uh, and so I think, and I, so I do the same thing, and we had the opportunity to go with like a... Um, like a booking agency. Booking agent. Um, but we ended up, I ended up declining um, because like, again, that's my favorite part. Like I want to, I want to talk with that promoter or that church and like, I want to build that relationship because um, right. it, it, it feels too transactional um, yeah. when like you're going through an agency. Um, yeah. uh, there's nothing against people who do that. Like no, I have, have friends that do that. Um, but for me, it was like, man, I just want this one-on-one thing. Yeah, you know, um, does it suck something in the long run? Because at the end of the day, it's like those are real. I I now know a ton of like really good people around the country. 
yeah. uh, you know, doing kingdom work. Uh, yeah. I didn't know. But, you know, um, and yeah, wouldn't that, have got awesome. to know if someone else was doing the booking, you know, like you wouldn't have had the chance to build that relationship. And right. Um, which, which let me ask you this. Cause I just realized we've been talking for 45 minutes, which is great, but I, I want to be aware of your time and, and everything. So building relationships. Um, so no, you're you good. got, um, so the, the last thing I just wanted to ask you about, uh, speaking of building relationships and things. So you got to work with Tadashi. Yeah. <laughs> how, how was that dude? Like just dude. Yeah. So, um, basically, uh, so we write fear, be quiet. Right. Um, mm. I wrote that in 2020 and then, um, in 2021, uh, I actually ended up in, uh, at the house of Jason Roy, uh, who is the lead singer for building 429. Wow. And, um, so Jason, Jason kind of brought me under his wing and, and, uh, I spent that um, a lot of that summer, uh, uh, at his house, uh, and we were just writing songs and, yeah. uh, kicking his butt at basketball. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And so, um, he, we did it, he and, uh, him and I did a version of fear be quiet and it was more like radio, uh, sounding right. cause that's what Jason does and he, he kills it. <laughs> um, and, uh, but there was something for me. I, was, I remember telling him, like, Jason, I just don't know if this is like, I don't know if this is it. Yeah. You know, I don't know if this is it. And he's like, okay, like, like whatever. It's not it. It's not it. I get it. Like, <laughs> he's like, you know, because he's done, he's done this long enough. He knows, like, and I'm sure there's been times where he's he's taken us along to six different producers and, you know, maybe still didn't even get it right. right. And um, and so he's like, all right, well, like, go. Like, there's there's plenty of people in this town that could, you know, probably get it right or whatever yeah. you're feeling. And I was like, okay, cool, cool. So um, I ended up, long story short, uh, I'm on Instagram and there's a writer that um, is a friend of mine. Her name's Rachel Nemiroff. And uh, Rachel posts, like she, on Instagram, she posts every single songwriting session on her story. Um, oh, wow. So like, oh, that's cool. she's always, I guess what she does for a living. She's a songwriter okay. in, yeah. in Franklin. And um, so like, Every morning, like I'll look at her story and just to see like who she's writing with, you know, yeah. or whatever. And um, one day, uh, she was in Atlanta writing with this guy named Zach Paradise, and uh, never heard of the guy until I saw the story. And yeah. um, I was like, man, what the little like eighteen seconds or whatever it was um, that she had recorded uh, for Instagram sounded really good. I was like, man, that that sounds really cool because um, it was more pop um, yeah. and more like almost sounded like uh like one republic um, okay which All right. i'm a huge fan of yeah um so uh i was like man so i i messaged him on instagram i was like hey i see you're writing with my friend rachel um i was wondering if you would uh you know be cool with writing either via zoom or i mean i could come out to atlanta um and um he was like yeah let's let's write over zoom so sweet dude we wrote like three songs we wrote like three songs over the, like three days and over zoom and um everything we were getting was was really cool like it was the coolest music i've ever played in my or ever written in my life (laughs) and um and so i was like man this guy's like production stuff is just really awesome um so i had this song fear be quiet and i told him Mm -hmm. i was like hey like i have this song do you think you'd you know be be interested in taking a uh uh you know a shot at it production wise yeah and so he's like yeah let's do it so we work, we start working through it, um, via zoom and, uh, we get to the bridge 
and like I had a bridge actually written out um, that I sung, and um, but it did feel like that was one of the parts of the songs that felt kind of weird. Um, and he was like, "Man, like this this should have this should have like a feature on it." Like I'm thinking like maybe like Holvi or like Tadashi. And like, you know, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. <laughs> okay, <laughs> absolutely, it should. And then he goes, well, I can ask Tadashi. Um, he'll he'll be at my house tomorrow. And I'm like, <laughs> why is why is Tadashi going to be at your house? <laughs> you know, like, what? Who are you? Right. Um, right. And he's like, well, man, like, I I I worked for Reach Records and I produced like all of Tadashi's records the last four years. I I produced Holby's the first two records. I produced Lecrae's record. I'm like, wait, what? Okay. I didn't know who he was. I didn't even think about. I just I heard him do some stuff with my friend Rachel and, yeah. and thought it'd be cool to, you know. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess people don't, you know, uh, introduce themselves with like their credits. You know what I mean? Right. Here's what I've done. <laughs> right. Right. So, um, I was like, heck yeah, ask yes, please, please, and um. He was like, yeah, I'll ask him. And I remember, because I, I was in uh, aisle 14, which is the cereal aisle at Kroger. Um, and uh, he texted me and said, uh, I asked Tadashi. He said he'll do it. And I did the craziest, most embarrassing dance um, on aisle 14. Bro. Um, and, yeah, that's, that's, that's how it happened. <laughs> but, that, but that's awesome, dude. And, again, that's just another one of those examples. Like we're saying, like, people are people. And I think, like, you don't, the worst thing that happens when you ask is somebody says no. Yeah. And I think absolutely. a lot of people in music are so afraid of rejection and things. Yeah. Like what, like you just reaching out to that dude, the worst that happens is uh, he doesn't answer, you know, he, yeah. he just leaves you. At, but yeah. look what happened because you just asked a question. Yeah. And I think like, again, the youth pastor in me is coming out. I think kids are like <laughs> so afraid to fail yeah. because, and what, you have learned i'm sure is like some of the best lessons you learn is through failing and learning what you should do differently or not do or whatever and man i just think that's a thing that's lost on people dude that that's uh, and i would have done the same dance bro like i you know what i mean it's something yeah yeah, i just i just Um, put out a song that has a rap on it and i had a kid in my that was in my youth group do it and it was super cool but I can imagine he was like, dude, do you want somebody famous to do this? Because I'm not. And I was like, well, no, dude, for this, I want you to do it. But I would have been like freaking out the same thing. Dude, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, man. And and just to add to what you were saying, like, that's literally the like that's that's a big reason why um, I'm, I guess, connected to the people I'm connected to now mm-hmm. is because because before I started, like the, what got me in the room with Jess to write Fear Be Quiet was me um, descending uh like dms to people's instagram yep. um yep. so i you looked up all the i already knew you know all the publishers so like and i'm sure you know them you know um uh, essential and electricity and yeah. yada 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 and right and so um i went on there and uh you know it shows the roster of their writers and mm-hmm. i literally would just go on instagram find the writer and then insta and then dm them That's and awesome. um i think i did that to like 20 26 writers and uh like four said yes right and so but what's crazy is the those yeses um turn the unresponsive ones or the no's into yeses Mm -hmm. eventually over time right because Mm -hmm. what happened is is so and so sees oh well if this is worth so and so's time maybe it's worth my time 
Right. Um, so then those turn into yeses. And, and then that's what led me into sitting in Jason Roy's, you know, living room, um, right. which was for me growing up on Christian music was crazy. Cause oh. I had gone to building 429 concerts and, yeah. um, we had them at our be... church a few years back. Uh, they okay. came out and we had them at our yeah. church and just like good dudes. And, oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Jason's been nothing but uh, him and his wife, Courtney, have been nothing but good to um, my wife and I. Um, that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, like that's, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I can speak a lot on that. Um, but you know, Dan Bremness, he's another Christian artist. Yeah. Um, yeah. He posted the other day um, and I, I had to, message him this sob story of, of how it made me cry it made me cry but um he was he said that failure he had just turned 40 and he like said all the things that he had learned through you know throughout the years and mm-hmm. one of the things was uh he said failure is a gift um because failure um could be just redirecting you into um the path that you should have gone instead of the you know instead of um the place you think you should go yeah. Um, you know, cause a lot of times we, um, you know, we don't know what we, we know what we want, but we don't oftentimes don't know what we need. Um, hundred oh, percent. Right. And so failure kind of helps redirect that. Um, and so, yeah, I think, and then he said that, you know, if you're not learning, you're, you're dying. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> and so, yeah. So a lot of those things that were just, those were things that I needed to hear the other day that, that really, yeah. um, helped me. But yeah, I think, uh, yeah man uh yeah don't be don't be afraid of failure uh at the end of the day i mean uh to to swing it back around to fear be quiet yeah Uh, i believe if you know if you're a believer especially then that means you have the authority of of jesus christ living inside you um so you you have the authority to tell the enemy uh, to shut up yeah. Yeah, dude. Okay. So last, last thing I heard you say that yeah. uh, you and Jason would shoot basketball and you would destroy him. Um, we'll just yeah. put that out there. So are you, are you an NBA fan, basketball fan? Oh yeah. So I'm a, it's a little, it's a little bit of a sour subject at the moment. Um, okay. Who's your team, bro? So um, my team decided to, uh, we were fourth, we were in fourth place in the Western conference at the midway point in the season. And we decided that we were going to trade away half of our team um, for a man named Kyrie Irving, mm. um, who single-handedly um, uh, put us in, uh, I believe, 14th place by the end of the, the end of the season. And and so the the, oh, the NBA Dallas. playoffs, the <laughs> NBA playoffs got to experience the playoffs mm. without Luka Doncic, which mm. I thought was just a tragedy mm. for the entire NBA. But mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> well and and just to leave us with this so did you see the thing that Giannis talked about when the reporter asked him you lost in the first round of the playoffs you had the yeah. best record yeah. are did or was your season a failure dude i i literally used that as a youth lesson and just what we're talking about but so i i'm i'm an old school nba fan cuz when i was in high school michael jordan was in his prime so like yeah. that, that was like the, to me, the best time to watch it. So I'm going right. to say this and I hope this doesn't hurt our possible friendship or not. So like, I am a LeBron James fan. Okay. So like right now I'm pulling for the Lakers and I know like yeah. every, everybody else is not. Um, yeah. So that, that's where I'm at, but I love NBA basketball and a lot of people don't like it as much anymore. 
Uh, but the fact that you get to watch as a Luca fan, that dude is in insane. And yeah, yeah when Kyrie when Kyrie went there, I had a bad feeling about it just because who Kyrie is. So yeah. you don't hey, you I'm, don't I'm see. I'm Go glad ahead. you said that about. I'm glad you said that about Luca. I was I was actually looking for the leave button on here. Um, but, <laughs> like uh, I was gonna say, he was. <laughs> Dude, uh, no, Lu- Luca's great. And when Kyrie went there, I was like, ah, man, I just don't know if this is a good. I I understand the move at the time because like yeah. Kyrie would points us up everywhere he goes. Yeah, that could yeah, be a whole unfor- podcast to itself. <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, you, you also need defense. <laughs> yeah dude yeah and and that ain't Kyrie's game dude this has been awesome i i am yeah. so happy katie thank you for telling me to walk up to henry after it was over and just have a conversation this has been great and also dude yeah. like just know inspirational um just the things that you're saying and like keep being you dude and being real because uh as not just a youth pastor but just as a, a christ follower i just think people see through phoniness and i think everybody is craving people to just be like man this is just who i am i think that's the way jesus was so uh thank you for your time dude uh by the way yeah dude great story and i'll message you when all of this is posted guys please check out henry and his music and download buy whatever the things are you do get a record do you have like if everybody's getting records now like putting out like you know the old school Oh, the vinyl? Yeah, vinyl, man. It's yeah, like they're the expensive. They're so expensive to reproduce. That's why we never put them out. Dude, a lot in common, man. We'll we'll keep yeah. talking later. Uh, so I, I've been Matt. This has been Henry. Check out his music. We'll have all the links uh, to everything that you can find him at. And this has been the Great Romance Podcast. Thanks, dude.